Okay, let's start. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'afiruhu. Wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdihillahu falamudilla lahu wa man yudilil falahadiyalah. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la sharika lahu. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu taqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. Ya ayuhal nasu taqu rabbakumu alladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahidatin wa khalaqa minha zawjaha. وَبَثَّ مِنْهُمَا رِجَالًا كَثِيرًا وَنِسَاءً وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلَيْكُمْ رَقِيبًا يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَن يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا أَمَّا بَعْدُ فَإِنَّ أَصْدَقَ الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَخَيْرَ الْهَدْيِ هَدْيُ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَصَحْبِهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَشَرَّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلُّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٌ وَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٌ السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته اللهم صل وسلم وزد وبارك على خير خلقك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين I still feel like a lot of the kids are either outside or upstairs if Abdullah brother Abdullah can you see room C room C close or upstairs because Yasin and some other guys are not here Ahmad all all on this side please. All these brothers except the uncles come on this side, behind the wall. My style is a little different. Okay, have you... Uh, who has not traveled by air? Who has not? Has not. So everyone has taken a plane, right? What happens when you, you are in the plane it's full, it's ready to fly, and they announce that there is no, fly, there is no pilot. <laughs> Last minute and all are anxious and ready. It's almost like a few minutes and the flight is ready and everybody's planning for their next destination and, and the announcement comes there is no pilot and they cannot get a good trained pilot at this moment. So, the captain goes inside and he sees, you know, one of the uh, passengers. Grab him and, can you do it? Okay, I'll try. Will you, will you trust that, that flight? Right? Well, you will be very scared. And you will be disappointed, right? On all of them. So that's what's happening tonight. The pilot brother Omar, the pilot brother Muhammad are not here. And they just grab one of the passengers, this old man, <laughs> to replace the pilots. And um, I, I don't guarantee what is going to happen to you guys tonight. <laughs> no, seriously. Because for, to talk to young minds like you, I cannot do that. Unless you all become co-pilots and you all go together. Who is going to be my co-pilot? Huh? I know who can become my co-pilot here. Co-pilot. Hosan said he can. No? No, no, just in case I faint, in case I pass out, you take over. No? Okay, then let's, let's try. If we, go, if we go down, which ocean do you prefer to Atlantic or Pacific? 
Pacific, but we are traveling usually east, so. How about Mediterranean? Good salmon there. <laughs> okay. This is, uh, yeah, this is a true observation that I'm making. They had to travel and they last minute fit, but inshallah we'll try to study together as uh, interactive. Who was in the youth retreat last week, last Saturday, last weekend? Raise your hand. You were there? Okay. And uh, uh, the feedback was, please don't do this again. We just wasted our time. We don't want to be there again. Is that true? No? So the pilot said the first lie. <laughs> right in front of you. Okay, so Alhamdulillah, the feedback was good. And there was request for more of such uh, uh, retreats, right? You want to go there again? Become a pilot? Uh, but inshallah, we'll try our best to do it. But the reason why I asked is, I had a, sw a short discussion there. What, what, what was I discussing? We, we, we got to a few points. Yes, uh, for what? The traits? Was that the topic? Lessons from Surah Yusuf. Lessons from Surah Yusuf. Now, Surah Yusuf is very unique. Who can tell me one of the uniqueness of that Surah? One of the uniqueness of Surah Yusuf. Uh, it's, uh, it's, like, it's a story from like, like chronologically. Chronologically complete Surah. I mean, su uh, story A to Z. No other Surah in the Quran is compared except one more I mentioned there. Uh, uh, two actually. As closely compared. Which Surahs and about which Prophet? Come here. I want people next to me so if I faint they can grab me. Okay, which other two surahs, no googling, and which prophet? It is Surah Taha about Musa alayhi salam. And there is one more comparable, the two brothers in the back. I love you to be here, please. All three of you, please. Gracias. <laughs> so, it is Surah Al-Qasas. Al-Qasas and a Taha and a little bit of a Naml. These are three main surahs, especially Taha and Qasas. Remember this, this is good information uh, to learn. Is about Musa But Yusuf is way different from A to Z chronological order, from childhood to when he grows up as a young man and then he goes into uh, slavery and then to palace and all of that and then all back to prison and back to palace as a king. That is all mentioned in one place. Now uh, that is a journey of how many years? Hmm? 40? 40 plus because he was uh, about 10 or over when he was abducted. So that part added to the 40 years when he spent there. So roughly about 50 years. So how long do you think will it take for us to study a journey of 40, 50 years? Which Allah calls, huh? Allah calls the story? Ahsan al-Qasas. What does that mean, uh, Zishan? The best of stories. Not best story. The best of stories. 
Allah calls it the best. Now when the Rabbul Alameen calls it the best of stories, and it is a journey of more than 50 years, how long will it take for us to study and extract lessons, lessons for us to, to follow? An hour, like this session? 50 years, Talha says. Can you dedicate 50 years to study Surah Yusuf alone? At least you would say 50 hours, if not less. Each year, one year, one hour for one year. And it is still not enough. And that's the one reason why Allah calls it the best of stories. And I mentioned, I'm going to recap quickly because many of you were not there. So why is it called the best of stories, Samir? Because Allah said so. And that's enough for us. Right? Because Allah, Allah called it as such. And we believe it is the best of stories. But to understand why is it is the best story, Hussam will tell me his first point. I mentioned it there. Omar, your turn is coming. <laughs> the pilot is not so trained. So whatever he can do, whichever button he pushes, down, diving or up or... Why is it called the best of stories? Huh? We said because Allah said so. True? A lot of lessons. But the best and the comprehensive answer is because it it, every single person in the society can find himself or herself in this surah. Ch child, father, mother, siblings, slave, king, the family of the king, prince, prisoners, you name it. Every person and lessons for every category, every, uh, you know, um, le level of the society is there. Now, the second important lesson taken, and by the way, these lessons are extracted from Tafsir As-Sa'di. And he, in the end of the surah, the Tafsir of the surah, he, he um, uh, you know, summarizes about 45 lessons taken from the surah. Some of them are very closely connected. We, we will go fast around that. So the second point is dream interpretation is a knowledge. It is a skill. And that skill is a Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's gift that he gives to some. Not every person is good in dream interpretations. And this is how in the surah Allah says that Allah has chosen you and he has taught you the interpretation of the dreams and the interpretation of an understanding of words and speeches of the people. How many dreams were uh, uh, are present in the surah? I mentioned that in, in our class last time. How many dreams are there? Huh? Three. Three? Which ones? The first one is the eleven brothers. His own dream. The second? Second one is the, the prisoner, two prisoners. The two prisoners, but two prisoners have two dreams. So that makes it three. No, the other one the king. The king that makes it four. Because two prisoners, they both had different dreams. So four dreams, and Yusuf was able to interpret all of them in a very accurate manner. So this is a dream, and by the way, interpretation of dreams in good manner is a ilm, is a knowledge, shara'i, based on sharia, and it is given to whoever Allah was. Many ulama, many scholars, they will not interpret to you the dreams. They will not be so skillful and good in interpretation of the dreams. 
Yusuf Salam, Allah had given him that uh, uh, capability. Now, the third lesson is this surah teaches us and proves that Rasulullah was the true messenger of Allah. How? I mentioned that there. This surah proves he was the messenger of Allah. He was not speaking from himself. He was receiving this revelation from Allah. How? Yes. Exactly. No one in the, uh, knew about the story. And plus in that particular minute details, every single detail from the first moment to the last moment, and to uh, narrate that in a, that chronological order, it was only revealed. And the last part of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that. That this is what we have revealed to you as a wahi from Allah. Now, the, point number four. Abstaining and distancing one from yourself from the means and ways of evil. And hiding what could result in harm. Like, if there are things, and I go a little faster on this. If there are things that you think will cause harm, don't reveal it. Don't say it. How can we find this in Surah Yusuf? If you think there is something, if I say it, it will cause some harm. So hide it. Huh? Yeah, when he saw the dream, the father said what? Don't tell your brothers. Because he knew, if you say this, they will become jealous and they will cause harm. So if you think in your family, in your society, in place, there are things, if you say them, it will definitely cause harm. Even if you don't intend that harm. If you, even if you are not, that is not your, just keep a, a hiding. Unless there is a need for and you want to share it with certain people. Number five, it is okay to mention uh, something that is disliked as an advice. Like his father said, it gave him an advice, don't share these, this news with anyone, especially your brothers. Um, and Allah's favor, number six, Allah's favors on an individual includes his family. Now, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows uh, his favors, his blessings on you, because of you being good, receiving Allah's favors, it can include your family. How is that related to Yusuf salam in this surah? Yeah, the, the ayah says, وَيُتِمُّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكَ وَعَلَىٰ آلِ يَعْقُوبَ كَمَا أَتَمَّهَا عَلَىٰ أَبَوَيْكَ مِنْ قَبْلُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ وَإِسْحَاقُ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ Allah has completed His blessings over you just like He has completed and perfected His blessings over who? Ali Yaqub, the rest of the family. And this is exactly how He did it to your forefathers. Who was His father? Yaqub uh, His father? Ishaq His father? So that means Yusuf is a prophet? The son of a prophet, the grandson of a prophet, and the great-grandson of a prophet. So the, the blessings were not limited. Now, the, a great lesson for all of us. When we stay good, when we follow the, the, the straight path, and we keep making dua, no matter what, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will spill over the good that Allah bestows over you to the rest of the family. Your, friend, your family, your siblings, your parents, 
your cousins definitely will get uh, benefits from there. If not soon, sometime down the, down, down the road. If not one of the, uh, all of them, at least some of them will get that benefit. Like Yusuf salam, his blessings spilled over to the whole family. Number seven, justice, fairness is required in everything, especially within the family. The parents, especially in this case, or the, uh, the older siblings, they, has, they always, always have to be fair and show justice. Just like uh, Yusuf salam, throughout his difficulties and hardships, and no matter how much, uh, how mean his brothers were, he was still good and showed fairness and justice to all of them. Number eight, caution from the evil consequences and the effects of sins, uh, like jealousy, like lies, and all those things that the, the brothers were involved in. Now, this is very, very important. As much as goodness spills over and affects the rest of the family and friends in the same manner, bad habits, sins, especially big, big, the large, the big and huge sins like lying, cheating, you know, jealousy, hate, they can also have negative effects on other people around you. Who can give me, who can relate this point to the surah? His brothers. Did they lie? How did they lie? Yeah, they came to the father. First of all, they lied to the father to try to get him out. And they came up with, a, with an evil scheme, with an evil plot. And they said what? What was their, their plan? What did they say? What was their excuse? We want to go and play and have fun and there will be food and there will be all of that. And that was one lie because they, they, they were hiding, hiding evil for him. Secondly, when they threw him into the uh, well, they came back crying. Was that cry true? Huh? What do we call that? There is a, an expression in English, in Arabic too. Crocodile tears, right? What do we call that in Arabic? The more man, you should tell me. Ah, good job. Come, come, come here, come here. <laughs> say it loud. The more man? The more intense. Yeah, say it again. <laughs> you are not Timsah. Say it again. The more. Is it right? Yeah. The more Timsah. Timsah. Timsah is the crocodile. So, Timsah, if you want to write it. Ta, mim, sin, alif, ha. And the more uh, tears. So they shed tears. Isha and Yabkun. They came uh, evening time this time, and they were, uh, uh, you know, they were um, crying to the father as if they have lost their brother's brother. Okay, number uh, nine. The end is what counts, not the beginning. Now this is very very important. We should not judge people, particularly how they behave at the moment they may turn around. Allah may guide them. They may, they may see the light. Who can give me the example? The end that is what counts. Not the beginning. Not what the people are going through. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you may have seen a lot of people in your life that they were doing all the worst things in their life. But 
Allah guided them and they became very, very good, pious, righteous, practicing people, right? So don't judge, you are doomed, you are wrong. I mean, you are, you are uh, people of the fire or something like that. No. It, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can guide them. What is the example? How can we relate this forward? How do, how do you apply this point to the Surah Yusuf? Huh? Who can tell me? Samir? His brothers. In the end, they repented. His brothers repented. And in the end, they asked the father and Yusuf to ask Allah for forgiveness for them. And they said, Inna kunna jishan. Inna kunna khati'in. We were wrong, father. They admit, admitted that. So if we were to judge, they were the worst people, they were killers, they were murderers, they were this, this, this. But in the end, they, they were guided. And it was all because of the patience, the perseverance, the iman, the sabr of Yusuf And his forgiveness. It will come later on, inshallah. Point number 10, lesson number 10 that we take from this uh, surah is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had huge favors over Yusuf and this is where I want everyone to tell me at least one of Allah's blessings, one of Allah's favors on him. So one of the blessings was that he was thrown into well. Is that a blessing? Yes. yes. yes How? Stand up. How was being thrown into a well like that with no, uh, no light inside was a blessing? Uh, because it led to the rest of the events happening. Yes. If he was not there... Uh, he was either killed or he was, I mean, th uh, done something bad, something different. He wouldn't have been ended up in the hands of the caravan and taken to Egypt and this and that. Send me another uh, blessing of Allah Tamim oh. over Yusuf Alayhi mm. Salaam. Dream interpretation. That is another. And it's not only dream, by the way. The, any speech, any talk, people would say anything and Yusuf salam would not understand what that person meant. That is, and mainly during interpretations, but all other speeches too. Another good point, another blessing of Yusuf salam. Wisdom, knowledge, hikmah, all of them combined. Uh -huh. oh, two more, then we go to the next point. Yes, Tawar. Huh? In the, the prison. How was that a blessing? Excellent. Can you come here and say it loud? I know you are shy, you are soft, but you can speak a little loud. This was one of the greatest one. Come. Say, what, being thrown into the uh, prison was a blessing. Why? Um, it was a blessing because the was safe from Excellent. Because he accepted that. He preferred that, by the way. Which I say is that I like the prison over committing something like that. Over being called to uh, this, this uh, heinous crime. Do you remember? As-sijnu. Qala. Rabbi. As-sijnu. Ahabu ilayya mimma yadu'unani ilayya. Ya Rabb. See, the prison is more beloved to me. He didn't say better for me, by the way. Whichever translation says better is wrong. It's more beloved to me in this case than being in the palace, being like a, living like a prince. 
I don't like to be uh, to live like a prince, but to be called and committed that sin. So that was another blessing, blessing of Allah, and many other blessings. Being good to parents from the very, very, very young age, he was good to parents, to his siblings, and he never had anything. And that's why the father loved him so much. Was Yaqub unfair? Because he preferred him over others, which is true. Huh? No, the prophets were, 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 were never ever unfair or unjust. But naturally, who is a father here? Not some uncles, but the young people. No one? So next, next Saturday is a different session. Okay? Matrimonial session. <laughs> because we want you all guys, all young people here and the sisters upstairs to inshallah get married halal way, good sunnah way inshallah, so we become fathers and mothers soon. Then you understand the children, listen, let me tell you this, and the fathers know this, uh, uncle there, uncle on the chair, this uncle here, and anybody else. The children, the parents, never ever differentiate. Even if you, if you think they do, even if you think they are preferring one over the other, that's not the case. But naturally, when a child is good to you, nice to you, doing everything that you like, obedient, listening, naturally your heart inclines. And you cannot control your heart. That's in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's number one. Number two, children go through different level, stages. A child in his two, year, two years old needs different attention, different care than the one who is 15, 16, right? You cannot treat both of them similarly. That's not unfairness. That's not unju injustice. You can, the things that you buy for a two-year-old, you cannot buy for a 15, 16-year-old, right? The same thing happened with Yusuf and the siblings. The siblings are grown-ups. They have their own families now. And the, uh, Binyamin, his younger brother, and Yusuf they are very growing young boys. And they, they need more attention, they more, need more care of the parents. Plus, they were the best to their parents. And naturally, the parents had more, especially Yaqub his heart was more attached to him. So, um, being good, uh, point number 11, uh, or lesson 11, some evil, evils are lesser than others. There are different types of evils and wrongs, but some are lesser in degree than others. Yahya, how is that true in the story of Yusuf Some evil is smaller in their effects than others. Can you, can you relate that to the story of Yusuf Who can do that? Those who were there, no. Ahmad. Think about his, his brother's plans. What did they plan? How did their planning go? Yes. Exactly. What, most of them said, let's kill him. Get rid of him. Murder him. But one of them said what? You know what? It's still our brother. We want to get rid of him, but let's do it in a way that he's not killed. He will still live but he will be taken away and you will be free of him. So throwing in, being thrown into the well is lesser evil than being killed. 
And the, the next point, the next lesson, number 12 is, oh, this is a big one. Warning against halwa. Warning against al-halwa. And I will come to that. Al-halwa. Who can tell me what that is? Who speaks Arabic? I mean, no, this word. Yes, what is al-halwa? You want to put it on Samir? No, Samir was there and we went in detail at this point there. Al-Khalwa. Okay, what does Khali mean? Khali. We use that in many different languages. Huh? Empty. So Khalwa is very close to, to that, that meaning. Al-Khalwa means seclusion with the opposite gender. A boy or a girl alone, unrelated. If they are not mahram, by the way. Related is not the point. I'm going to make it clear. Your cousin is not your mahram. Don't be alone with him or her. Okay? Your cousin, whichever cousin it may be, the closest of cousins, the most intimate of cousins is not your mahram. When you get to the age of puberty, no more seclusion. No more sitting alone when nobody is there. No more being alone in a place which is not public. That is halwa. No, unless it's your mahram. mahram. Who are mahrams? You give me examples. Yes. One, one, one. Just one. Siblings. Mother. Huh? Milk siblings. If you have had, to, uh, you know, you, the same mother have uh, breastfed you together. And what else? How about nephews, nieces? Yes, they are your mahram. Uh, if your parent gets remarried to another person, I they become katamah. Oh, the, it's remarried to another individual. Yeah, if, if they have children, the new children become. The old children not, by the way. The new children. And aunts. And uncles, they are uh, mahram. Other than that, no halwa. How? Huh? Grandparents, step parents, huh? Mother-in-law, father-in-law, yes. Not sister-in-law. By not, no sister-in-law, no brother-in-law. They are not mahram, by the way. Sisters, listen. Brother-in-law, sister-in-law are not mahram. Yes, there could be a level of communication, but with barriers, with uh, certain. Uh, conditions, not seclusion. Please, don't travel in the same car when nobody else is present there. Because the hadith says, no two people come together, opposite gender. But who is the third? And don't think you are strong. You have so much taqwa. You just had so much salah, you just returned from Umrah, you just returned from Hajj. You can do it, you can beat the shaitan. No. You cannot do it. If, if you may beat him one time, two times, but the third time you become lenient. And the, the story of uh, Barsisa, who knows that story? You know all of that story, right? A very, very pious, righteous man, a man of masjid. He will not leave the masjid at all. He would be inside the masjid the whole time and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala almost 24-7. But in the end, what happened to him? He committed zina. He committed murder. He committed all the heinous crimes that you can think about. Just because 
he was alone with a girl. And it didn't happen overnight. It took time. If you say, okay, this one texting is okay. This one email, I mean, I, I don't mean, I don't have anything in my heart. No, that one email will lead to a second one. That one texting will, will lead to a third, a third one. And slowly but surely you will be in a place when Barsisha will say, I was much better than this time. I, I didn't do many of the things that he or she did. So no seclusion, no sitting or traveling or being alone with the opposite gender whatsoever. Is that clear? Yes. Hassan, will you do it? I have a question. Will you stay away? Have you stayed away so far? Inshallah. Yes. Inshallah. Yeah. I have a question. Yes. Uh, uh, your dad has more than one wife, then there is a wife. Exactly. That's your mother. Yeah. Huh? Okay. So no seclusion. Uh, how do we how do we apply that to Yusuf Ali Salam's story? No, some people who have not taken part. Come on. How did Yusuf Ali Salam? Yes, Abdullah. So the, la the, the lady, the, actually the queen, tried to seduce him and be alone with her, him. And she closed several doors and inside there, but Yusuf realized this is something bad. And he did what? He ran away. And he didn't want to be alone with that woman. Okay, the next point is giving up. This is uh, uh, lesson number 13. Giving up pressing desires and strong drives for committing something haram for the sake of Allah. You are giving up your strong desire, something that you really, really want to do. And nobody is there. Nobody is watching. Nobody can, can uh, see you. No videos, no cameras, no nothing. But you still say, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. How, how did that happen to Yusuf? وَلَقَدْ هَمَّتْ بِهِ وَهَمَّ بِهَا وَهَمَّ She approached him. He would have done the same if, she, if he had not seen the proofs, the evidences of that thing being haram. She approached her, him, desired him, and pressed and pushed him so much and the ayah says he would have done the same unless he knew that this is haram. This is how we removed that evil from him and we kept him away. Now, in this point I mentioned a hadith which was the dars today in Iqra. Seven, under the shade. Seven under the shade. Now I'm asking Yasin, who are the, tell me one of those seven that Allah will put under his special shade on the day of judgment when there will be no shade but his shade. And the sun will be how? Close a mile above our heads. How far is it now? Uh, forgot your name. Omar. How far is the sun now? How many light years? 92 million. 92 million light years. That's how far it is. And the day of judgment, it will be just one mile away above our head. 
and people will be drowned into what? Normal. What will be people drowned in? Swimming pool? No swimming pools there? What? Can we take it from here? Can we order it? Why not? Money. People have uh, people buy a Twitter for how long? How? Forty-four billion dollars. He bought it for forty-four billion dollars. Will that billion help him there? Absolutely not. So he, you nobody care. People will be drowned in their sweat. How? How much? The hadith goes. Some people will be until there, until there. Ankles. Some people until their knees, stomach and thighs and all the way and some people will be drowning into their sweats. That's how difficult it is. But seven categories of people will be placed in a special shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I see what was one of them? Who was one who is one of them? Huh? A just leader. Imamun Adil, a just leader. Can one of us here be a leader? in their own capacity, in their own level. Every single person can be. Like Yahya is a leader because he has a younger sibling. Right? Do you have younger siblings? So you are leader now. In that level, in that sense. And if you're just and fair, inshallah you are one of them. Right? Or Imam, or a teacher, or a boss, or a man. Everyone in their own uh, level are, can be uh, just leaders, right? How does the ulama say Yusuf salam, he achieved all these seven categories? We will come to that later. Who can tell me the uh, second one? Let's go quick. Seven under the shade. Tamim? Yeah, young man or woman, a girl or a boy that grows up worshipping Allah. So does that mean they should stay in the masjid day and night, do nothing but pray and read Quran and have no life at all? Yad Hasib, come here. Come forward. Does it mean they have nothing in life, Ahmad? What does it mean when we say a young man or a woman growing up in the worship of Allah? How, how can we do that? Can we stay in the masjid forever? How can we apply that, Samir? So, you live your 24-7, studying, learning, working, eating, drinking, sleeping, traveling, all of that, but keeping the, the etiquette, the teachings of your deen. Being within the framework, within the, uh, the circle of Islam. Doing everything according to the teachings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Everything becomes a, a, a ibadah. A worship, I mean, a sleep can become an act of worship. Eating can become an act of worship. Traveling can become an act of worship. Working and all of that, every one. Okay, what is another one? When we said a just leader, a young man or woman growing up in the worship of Allah, Zishan, tell me another one. Excellent. We're not going in order, it's okay. Someone who refuses the temptation, the, uh, the desire from the opposite gender and says, ah, there is no barrier, by the way. Nobody can stop, nobody can watch, nobody can see, but he says or she says, I fear Allah. I give it up for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hasib, 
one more person under the shade. Okay, think about it. Another one. Uh, okay, one of you under the shade, not under the wall, under the wall, under the fan. This fan will not be there. Yes. Yes. Say your name. Abdullahi. Excellent. Someone who gives charity so secretly that he, his right hand doesn't know, I mean his left hand doesn't know what his right hand did. Meaning, he's not showing off. He's not doing it for, for, for people to, uh, be, to appreciate him. He's not doing it to attract. Yes? He's only doing it for the sake of Allah. Okay, that's uh, one more. A person, a person we will say, a person whose heart is attached to the masjid. Okay, when, oh, oh, give me one. Give me one of the seven. Sanjeev, did you remember? He can think, yes. Two Muslims who, who love one another, two sisters who love one another for the sake of Allah. They come together for that and they depart for that. Okay. Don't tell him. By alone and starts crying. A person who remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all alone, nobody is watching, there is no possibility of riya or show off. And because of the love and awe and respect and majesty and greatness and all the things, he starts to cry. He starts to shed, shed tears. Anyone else left? You have seven now? Okay, now. In this point, I mentioned a hadith in our retreat. Giving up something for the sake of Allah. Who can remember the hadith? I even said it. You should tell me the hadith. La hawla wa la quwwata illa Yes, Abdul Basit. Is it, uh, I wasn't there, but okay. so whoever gives something up for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will replace it with something better. Come here. Say it loud. My, I have several co-pilots now. So we are almost safe, inshallah. Here, here. Say it loud. Whoever replaces Allah, gives up. Whoever gives up something for the sake of Allah, Allah will, <coughs> Allah will replace it with something better. Okay, the Arabic words, if you want to write, yes. Man? Man taraka lillahi. Man taraka, if you want to remember or write down. Man taraka shay'an lillahi. Man taraka lillahi shay'an. Whoever gives up anything for the sake of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will definitely replace him something better. How? The girl that you love, but it is haram to have any relationship. And you say, I gave it up. I don't want to do this. Allah definitely, definitely will give you someone else in her place much better. Be certain of that. And it's not my word or imam's word or teacher's word. It is the word of the Prophet And who backs up and, and certifies the words of the Prophet huh? Allah Rabbul Alameen. Uh, where where does, does Allah say that every word, no speaking, 
that the Prophet says is a wahi, is a revelation. He's not talking from himself. He's not talking from his own stomach. Who can tell me? Yeah, say it loud. وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَى He's not speaking anything except all is revealed to them, not him. Why am I mentioning this? When the Prophet says, whatever you want to do, but you want to give it up for Allah, for sisters, the makeup that you love so much, and you, and our deen says, don't go outside with your makeup. But you want, you desire, you want to do it. And you come up with some, you know, understanding, you know, it's not that haram. You know, there is some difference of opinion. No, you, and you say, no, I heard a hadith. The Prophet says, whoever gives up something for Allah, Allah will replace him or her something much better. So keep that in mind, whether this is a relationship, whether this is a makeup, whether this is an income, a salary, or a whatever it may be, and you give it up for Allah, be sure Allah will replace it. In this world, before we go to the next world. So we, I have to go a little faster. Now, then, uh, point num I mean, lesson number 14. Iman and sincerity that her, uh, enters one's heart, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect and defend you by your iman, with your iman. Number 15, avoiding and staying away, even sometimes Yasin, escaping the place of fitna. Avoiding, ah, come on, what did I say? Avoiding, staying away, or even escaping the places of fitna, the place where you will be tried and tested. The place where you will be put into big, big, big test. Run away from that place. Did Yusuf do that? How? They ran to the door. And Yusuf was ahead. And that's why when she grabbed him, what happened? His, uh, she tore her, his shirt from the back and that was one of the proofs that he was innocent and she was the attacker so running away escaping staying away from the places of fitna is much better you know what in my work there is this uh, get together there's this dinner and they're serving alcohol and this i will stay on the side it's good to stay away it's good to run away it's good to send some excuse don't even take part in that okay number 16 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him internal and external beauty did he have external beauty outward beauty do we have a hadith about that Allah had granted him half of the beauty of the whole humanity and who had the full full beauty who Yusuf had half of the beauty of the entire humanity. Who had the full beauty? Our Messenger And that should be another halaqa just to talk about the beauty. and the Authentic by the way, authentic. Authentic shama'il 
of the Messenger So Mal Sahabi says it was 14th or 13th of the, na- the month and I was looking at the moon, beautiful, and I looked at the face of the Prophet but his face was way much beautiful than the, the Mahdi. And the other Prophet Sahabi says, I had never touched any hand softer than the Prophet hand. I had never had smelled any fragrance better than, than, than the fragrance of the Prophet His own fragrance, not, not uh, putting or using any perfumes. His own fragrance was sweeter, better than anything else. So Yusuf was given a beauty. What was his internal beauty? Examples of his internal beauty. Piety and righteousness and examples of that. that. Being sincere, being pious, being humble, being uh, you know, pure, chaste, running away from all evil, not causing any trouble, being good to parents, being good to siblings, never, never being harsh. Or, or, uh, these are all the great character traits that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had granted him. Number 17. And we've mentioned this earlier. He chose prison over over palace. Prison over palace. P prefer P over P. Prison and palace. A prison was better, is better, is more beloved to me than committing something like that. Number eighteen. Turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking, begging him for protection. Now this is extremely important. Don't depend, don't rely on your own self. No matter how much strong you may think you are, you should always, always run and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection. You, 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 most, and like I said, like in the retreat we started with that, what are the best of du'as in the Quran? The du'as of the prophets and messengers. Although they were the most pious, the most righteous, the most pure people. But if you look at their du'as, you would say this is someone who is in the extreme high level of trouble. How can he beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that earnestly? It's only to teach me and you that we always need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance, for staying on the straight path. Give me an example of an earnest du'a of a prophet. Come on, guys, those who are not in the retreat. See, that means retreat is good. You should come to learn. Any dua, Hasib, you forgot? Yes, Zishan. Whose dua is that? Ibrahim alayhi salam. Rabbi ja'alni muqima salah. Ya Allah, make me establish the salah all the time and my children too. Ibrahim salam, the father of all prophets after him. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him the imam of all people. He was saved inside the fire. And still he is earnestly begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make him of those. And in the end he says, Ya Allah, al-haqni bisalihin. Make me, uh, uh, you know, uh, united. Unite me with the righteous, the good people. So the point being, we should always turn to Allah and we should never ever rely and on our own self. We should ask Allah for protection. Number, uh, lesson number 19. Knowledge, good sound knowledge and good mind, good intellect will save you from many evils. Knowledge 
and using that knowledge in the right way will protect you from evil like Yusuf number 20 you, uh, oh, this is very very important by the way worshipping Allah being devout and dedicated committed to Allah's obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all times in your good times and not so good times when you are in the lowest lowest of your uh, life or when you are in the highest of your life you should always always be committed to the obedience of Allah how does that apply to you Safari Salam all the time be obedient whether you are rich whether you have you are a very very high ranking in your society whether you are poor whether you are sick whether you are in the lowest and of low you should always stick to obeying, obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Huh? Yes, when he was a child, obedient. Thrown into the well, obedient. Uh, uh, you know, um, sold as a slave. Never complain, Ya Allah, what are you doing to me? You made my brothers throw me into the well. What kind of Arab is this? What kind of treatment is this? Then I was sold as a slave, the son of a prophet, the grandson of a prophet, the great-grandson of a prophet. And I was, I was sold like a slave. What type of treatment is this? He never did that. He still remained committed to believing in Allah, to worshipping Allah, to being good. And then when he became a prince in the palace, he was still good. He didn't lose his, his guidance. He didn't lose his way. He was still obedient and he was still good. And then he, when he was thrown into the prison, did, did he lose? No. He was still good and obedient. And even in the prison, he gave da'wah to the people there. He taught them Islam. He taught them deen. He taught them iman. And when he came back to become the king, almost, he was still good. So being good all the time. In good times and bad times. Number uh, lesson 21. This is the new one. We got to 20 and we, we, we spend all this time on repeating. 21 is prioritizing. Now sometimes you give dawah and sometimes you answer questions. Now what does it mean? You look at the situation. You look at, I mean this is for, for imams and teachers and those who give dawah. You should study the situation. You should, whether is this good for me to give da'wah or, or not, it's not a good time. Just answer the question or do the work. The example is when the two prisoners asked you, Yusuf about the interpretation of the dream. Did he interpret the dream right away? No. no. He, he took that a good uh, opportunity to teach them. And he taught them about deen, about Allah, about that I have left everything. I am following the deen of Ibrahim salam. And this is Ya Is one God better or many, several, multiple gods? So he taught him Iman and Tawheed. Then after a while, he, he said, you know what? Wait for your food. This is a good time and good attention. By the way, this is a very good for teachers. He should take advantage of the time when the students are paying full attention. Like they're waiting for something. They're expecting something. Like the prisoners were expecting what? Food to come. So there was a good time, Yusuf said, until your food comes, I'll teach you something. Then in the end, he interpreted the dream. But when the soldier came back, 
the waiter in the, in the palace and he asked for interpretation of the dream of the king. Did he delay the interpretation? No, he said it right away. But he added something in the end. He said, ask the king, what, why did the ladies, the women, accuse me? So I'm not going to leave this prison until my name is clear. He, and the, later on, the, the king sent his soldiers to take him out. He said, no, I'm not going to leave. And the women all testified, Hashalillahi, ma alimna alayhi min su. We swear he has not done anything wrong. He is clear. We were wrong. We were trying to seduce him. Okay. Now, uh, lesson 22. Seeking help from someone who can help you is allowed. You know? When you think someone can help you and you want to, you are, you are seeking help from that person within the means, above the means, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like what? Water or other things. In the case of Yusuf who did he ask for help? The freed prisoner. One of the freed prisoners that he knew he would end up in the palace, he said, you know what? Remind the king about me. And tell him my story so that he can look at this, uh, the case again. And number 23. The sincerity of the teacher is very, very important. When the prisoner forgot, he went to the palace. Several years he forgot about Yusuf After many years he came back and he, he, Yusuf took grabbed him like this and shook him. Why did you forget about me? I told you to remember me. I spent these many years because of you. Did he do that? No. no. He was nice. He was kind. He never even scolded him. He never even did uh, remind him, why did you forget? That is the, the gentleness and the care of complete sincerity of the teacher. Now, uh, lesson 24. Um, this is very, very important. Refuting and all accusations. I mentioned it earlier. He didn't leave the prison until his name was clear. So for anyone in this case, you should also, if you are accused of something, go to the full extent to clear your name before you, know, you take any other actions. Number 27. Dream interpretation, I mentioned this earlier too. It is a knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants and it is shari'i knowledge by the way. A knowledge based on, uh, on the deen. Now, how about seeking a job? Is it allowed? Huh? Seeking a job, like you want to, especially if you think you can do it. Yes. When you are qualified, when you can do a job, and you have the good intention, you should apply for it. You should ask for it. What is the example in this suri? Yes, Yusuf when he comes out of the prison, he asks the king that I hafibun, hafibun, ameen. Ij'alni ala khazain al-ard. Make me the treasurer. And I am Hafid and I am Amin. I am a trustworthy person. Trust me. I'll do a good job. And I have the skills also to do it. So when you have the skills, the experience, 
and you can do the job, you think, you just go ahead and ask for the job, apply for the job. And this is more or so in, in like something of public responsibility. A, a job, a position, a, an office that you are seeking, and it, you can do a good job, do it, ask for it. Iman and taqwa, that will help goodness in this dunya and in the akhirah. I'm going a little faster to finish. Now, another one, number 30. Stocking food, stocking food for public good, for the good of the public is good, is recommended. In case of any expected hardships, but is it allowed for you, and what is the word used to uh, stock your fo the food, the grain, or whatever it may be, in order for you to sell it high price? For price hiking, for price gouging, is that allowed? What do we call that in Sharia? It's, there is a beautiful word for that, one word. It is called ihtikar. Write it down. Ihtikar. Alif, ha, ta, kar, alif, ra. Ihtikar. Ihtikar meaning you have food items and it is very, very uh, urgent, needed out there, but you're stocking it, you're keeping it so that you can sell it later on much more expensive. You want to take advantage of the people's need and you want to hide the prices, gouging. That is haram, that is not allowed. But if you are a responsible person, a government or authority, and you want to keep it so because drought is coming, some hard days are coming, and you are not doing that for your own benefit, but in order to distribute, in order to give, in order to support the, uh, the people that is allowed. Did he do that? Oh, no, I don't have a question. Yeah. Well, he, he raised his hand first. So, very, very unrelated, but you know how some people like buy up a bunch of sneakers and shoes and stuff like this? Like, selling, like, and selling for a higher price, would that also be wrong? No, the higher price doesn't mean that you buy it for $10 and you are selling it for 15 Or you buy it for 50 and you buy selling it for 60 or 70 That's a normal. But when something is, uh, uh, there is a lack, like, like, especially food items, you know? Anything, but especially food items. And there is a scarcity, there is drought, there is a famine, you know, and people are looking for food and you are stocking it so that you, after a month or a week or so, you will bring it out. Instead of uh, selling it now for $50, you will sing it for $500. Like three times, four times, five, five times. Yes. So, it's also holding, right? So, if you buy today and sell tomorrow, is it, is it allowed? If you buy what? Today and selling tomorrow. No, no, that's normal. Like, all the trade and business happen not on the spot right away. You're taking things and it takes time for you to sell it back, maybe a week or so. But the intention is not that you're keeping it so that the price goes up, then you are selling it. No, that should not happen. But normally, because of stocking and, uh, you know, deliveries and things, it takes time, that's normal, that's fine. That's, that's, like, this is a good example. During the uh, pandemic, a lot of people were stocking things just to sell them much, much higher. This is haram, this is wrong. But in this case, Yusuf Ali Salam, for seven years,
he collected, he stocked all the extra food, the extra grain, the additional grain. He was feeding the whole nation. But the extra items, he would keep it for the next coming seven years to feed everyone, even his nation and beyond his nation. Is what? I don't know what that is. No, no, no. Why? Why should that? No, I don't think you have So you don't buy it. You basically. Oh, there's new terms. By the way, this old man doesn't know those new ways, and many of them, by the way, are doubtful. Many of them are, are. I mean, the least I can say is doubtful, and and. You should ask someone who is more expert in uh, these new trends and things about Islamic, I mean, trading and things. Okay, uh, 31. Yusuf salams had very great management skills. And that tells us a Muslim, a teacher, an imam, whoever, besides his, his uh, uh, you know, normal job, a hafidh of Quran, it is very, very, very imperative for them to also have other life skills too. Management skills, teaching skills, uh, you know, computer skills, uh, whatever skills that Yusuf salam, he was a prophet, but he showed uh, the greatest amount of management skills. That he not only managed the affairs of Egypt, but beyond Egypt. His own family and many people from uh, overseas came to him. Um, now I will go a little bit faster. Uh, if you don't want, no, shahada, you know, uh, giving your shahada, your witness, like you are saying, you are going to a case in the court or in front of someone and you are testifying, right? Two people have dispute or five or something and you are called to testify. Can you testify without knowledge, without knowing about the case? or knowing very little about the case, just heard about the case, you should not even try. It's absolutely, absolutely, uh, the uh, shahadat, it's called shahadat zur Testifying with lies or with little information, with not full, not having full picture. This is one of the sab al-mubiqat. What is a sab al-mubiqat? A sab al-mubiqat. Seven major sins, seven major sins that will automatically throw you into hellfire is one of them is testifying with lies. You don't know about the case, you go, you go ahead and you testify. Whether in the court, whether in front of two people, whether in front of the imam, whether in front of the teacher, don't do it if you don't have full knowledge of that. That is, that is one of the greatest lessons in the surah of Yusuf alayhi salam. Yaqub alayhi salam, tell me some of his greatest character traits in this surah. Very, very, a few very major ones. How many times did he repeat Sabd Jameel? Beautiful patience. A, a few times. So the greatest of his character traits in this surah was the highest, highest amount of patience. Being steadfast, strong, never losing hope. He never lost hope. He said, 
Allah will bring me all three sons. What do we mean by three sons? Did he lose three sons? He, lo he lost three sons. Who can tell me? Not you, Dhammanel. He lost three sons, by the way. And he said, Allah will bring me all of them. Anybody, any, who wants to try? Yaqub lost three sons. Yusuf, Benjamin, the younger boy, and the oldest son. How? We know about Yusuf. How did he lose Benjamin? Now, one of the brothers are leaning onto the wall. How did he lose the youngest boy? Anyone in the back? Ilyas? No? Omar? Yahya? How did he lose Benjamin? Yes? Yes. So when they went to get some grain, and Yusuf recognized them, Yusuf knew that was his brother, younger brother. He wanted to keep him with him, but he could not do that until he make a way for that. And he, Benjamin was uh, kept with Yusuf when the brothers went back. The father said, okay, I lost Yusuf, now I lost Benjamin. And the second time when they came back, the, older, the oldest brother said, I'm not going back to my father. Because I promised him, we promised him to bring the young Benjamin back, but we lost him too. So I will stay here until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings out some way, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. So when they go back to Yusuf, Yaqub he says, we lost all my, I lost all my three sons. But he said a few amazing things. He said, can you remember this ayah? He said a couple of times, in, or I think more than a couple of times. When the family said, Oh dad, you are still in that old thoughts. Some of them even said, you have become crazy. Some of the, the, the family said, you have become crazy. He said, Inni I know about Allah what you don't know. Wow. When I look at this ayah, I said, SubhanAllah, this is the greatest iman of Yusuf. And you should have the same iman. When you are doing something good, right, righteous, straight, you should say, I know from Allah. He will not get me lost. He will not misguide me. He will not leave me alone. Every time I come over this ayah, I say, subhanAllah, amazing ocean of knowledge in this. I know from Allah what you don't know, guys. I know my Rabb that you don't know. He will bring me all three of them back. And that's exactly what happened. All three were brought back and they were together. So Yusuf, many, many, and did he punish his sons? No, he forgave him, them. He told them, you are... Uh, shaitan has misguided you. And another great thing about Yusuf salam, we can finish soon inshallah. Yusuf salam, when he, he came back with his brothers, did he throw them in the prisons? Now it's his turn. He has the power, he has the control, he has soldiers, he has everything in his power. He, can, he could uh, imprison them, he could throw them in the well, he could kill them, he could you know, expel them, whatever he could, but he didn't. He said a word. He said a word that the messenger, after many, many centuries later, he said it to the people of Makkah. What was that word? 
Don't say it loud. Just raise your hand. When Rasulullah says, Sallallahu alayhi wa sahbihi wa sallam, entered Makkah after being in Medina for how long? For about 10 years, 9 years. He was expelled from his city. He came back and now Makkans are in his hand. He could do anything. He could, you know, punish them, persecute them. But what did he say? I'm not saying anything but what my brother Yusuf said. La alaykum There is no blame over you today. And tathrib is not only blame, it is also something more. I mentioned it there in, uh, last week. What is it? Forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. Which means, brothers, I will never even remind you of what you did to me. I will completely wipe, wipe it out from my memory. And this is not easy. You can forgive someone, but a lot of times you say, you know what, I'm not, not going to for, forget it. I forgive you right now, but I'm not going to. But Yusuf salam said, no. Forgive and forget. The same thing the Prophet salam said many, many, many centuries later to the people of Makkah. La tathriba alaykum Antumul tulaqa. You are free now. I have no, nothing against you. So these are some of the lessons. The last two, taqwa and sabr. Taqwa, being conscious, being aware, protecting yourself from disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being patient, perseverance, continuity, persistency. Now, the sabr or patience has three parts. Who can tell me the three parts of the sabr, the patience? Actually, sabr, by interpreting it by patience, is, is not accurate, is not uh, enough. Because patience, I mean, sabr has much more than patience. Yeah, meaning consistency. Always, always doing good. So that's part one. Never giving up your good. Number two? Yes. So the first one is? Being persistent, consistent, doing good. Number two, being <coughs> consistent and giving up, staying away from haram, staying away from sinning. And in the middle, whatever challenges come, you are steadfast. You, are per you show perseverance. You, are, you show steadfastness and strength. These are the three pillars of sabr, of patience. Being good all the time, Staying away from bad all the time and being steadfast in the middle when challenges, hardships, and things come in your way. So, patience. When brother said, Are you Yusuf? He said, Ana Yusuf. Yes, I'm Yusuf. This is my brother Binyamin. Allah has favored us. Now, the point that I'm trying to make in this uh, lesson number 41. Whoever has taqwa and patience, sabr, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Such person is muhsin. Such person does an excellent job by having what? Taqwa and patience. Taqwa and patience is an excellent work. And whoever does that, Allah will never ever make him lose in this dunya or the akhirah. And the last one, uh, admitting 
and acknowledging Allah's favors in all times. Now this is the, one of the greatest lessons. There are a few other left, but they are mostly covered in other points. When the whole family came together, the parents and the siblings are all together and they all pay respect to Yusuf So Yusuf says, this is the interpretation of my dream that I saw about 40 years back. Now this, the, the, the dream came true. Now this is the lesson. Showing gratitude to Allah whether you are going in difficult times or you are in easy. In your ease, in your difficult times, in your hardships, always be great, being grateful to Allah. Now he says, Allah gave, a, 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 you know, gave me great favors when he brought me out of the, the prison. He never complained, Allah put me in prison. No. He still thanks Allah for taking him out of the prison. And then he says, uh, Another great favor of Allah that you all came from the desert. It was shaitan that instigated that fitna, that wrong, that evil between me and my brothers. So he's not blaming brothers, he's blaming just to to show his gentleness, his care and his love for his brothers. Allah is gentle, Allah is, has knowledge and wisdom of all things that he do. Now he does, now this is a few things and I took so long. Uh, a few listen, lessons that we went over very quick and I hope inshallah we have benefited from it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding and the, the wisdom to learn and understand and put into our practice. Now whoever goes through hardships, stress, you know, a lot of uh, anxiety and people say, you know what, depression, I'm in depression. I, I don't understand why would young people go into depression? What is it there? What is lost? Why would you go, a Muslim, especially a Muslim young man and woman, why would they go into depression? You have Iman in Allah. You have someone that is the maker of every single small and bigger thing, believing in him. Why would you go into depression? Now, if you do go, brothers here, sisters up there, uh, the best remedy is to do what? Recite Surah Yusuf. Believe me, many ulama and hadith, whenever you go, any type of uh, you know, stress. You are under pressure. Just read, even if you don't understand the meaning. If you can open the uh, translation in any language that you understand and you want to know more, that's better. But even just reciting Surah Yusuf will inshallah relieve you from all the stress. Subhanakallah, <laughs> wa